Hi, everyone. Welcome to Consulting with Authority. This is Scott Cantrell, joined by a friend, a client, uh, a all-around good guy and colleague, Nick Mulholland, today. Nick is the president and founder of TechGopher. You can find out more at techgopher.com. We're going to really dive deep into uh, the TechGopher business model, which is really unique and really uh, I think in a very, very impactful business model in terms of how he does what he does, but a very, very accomplished gentleman. Nick, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's been a pleasure working with you as well as creating a friendship as well. Excellent. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, you you said that just like we practiced. So that was yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why. <laughs> um, You're working on the Venmo right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um Listen, Nick, uh, we could start lots of different places. Uh, there's a lot that I want to go through over the next little while in terms of talking about um, you and TechGo for what you guys do and how you do it in particular, because I know that's going to be valuable for everybody listening. But let's start with a little bit about you and your background. Um, sure. Tell us a little about how you got to where you are, what that what that um, journey was like, and um, and then how TechGo for came to be. Yeah, so 14 years ago, I uh, was lucky enough to have a family friend refer me into uh, a, a small regional telecom, commercial telecom company. And as a 23-year-old, um, I had some sales experience and I had some some nice wins, President's Club type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, I had a couple of managers that were kind enough to give me a chance. I spent eight months there learning more about commercial telecom and how that worked. And then um, I ended up finding out about being an indirect sales partner, which effectively is being an objective agnostic party. And when I thought about a career being a consultant, or, you know, certainly if I'm candidly, if I was going to work very hard to get in front of people all the time, making cold calls and all the other things that are involved, I wanted to make sure I had the right solutions available. And I didn't see that that was possible with any one company. And so, um, you know, that that was really the foundation of, I want to be able to do the right thing. I want to have the right vendors. I want to be agnostic when I'm working with my end customer. Um, that was kind of the overriding principle. And so it started off with telecom um, as technology has changed drastically over the past 14 years. Um, you know, our portfolio now covers everything from telecom to security solutions, contact center, um, AI, which there's a lot there, mm-hmm. um, infrastructure. And, um, you know, I throughout all of that, I also realized that I'm not the smartest person that could possibly understand and know all of the nuances with all those different things I mentioned. And so um, we rebranded to Tech Gopher and we started to leverage both uh, distribution uh, relationships that we had and subject matter experts that are provided to us, mm-hmm. as well as we have some um, partnerships with people that you know are we're actually paying for out of our pocket based upon how we get paid by the vendors, um, all of which has been put together to help our customers be successful on their tech projects. Gotcha. And really, ultimately, you know, tech projects is where we play, but the goal is to make sure that the technology is actually achieving the business outcomes that not only that they want, but more importantly, you know, the C-level that is having them manage technology wants. Right. Right. And so I, I think, you know, uh, this model works in a couple of different ways and you cited both of them, right. The, the um, Or alluded to them. One is um, a company may come to tech gopher and say, we're looking for X, Y, Z type of solution. And then tech gopher, we'll talk about this process in a second, but tech gopher sure. will, help them 
uh, identify what the right solution is and then help them actually implement it. Um, and then right. in the case of the, that, that part of the business model, it's the solution provider that is actually compensating TechGopher. So the services that you're providing to that end company, that end organization, um, are effectively no cost uh, Correct. Yeah. to that end, of, end, end organization. Yeah. Now, that was a good way to explain it. I mean, there's a few different ways that I explain it, which is the experience that someone would have using Kayak to find a flight. Right. They have all the information. They make it really easy. They're putting the information in a way that you can very quickly identify and see what the best flight options are for you. Right. That's what we can do on the, you know, I like to say on the efficiency side. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we, to your point, uh, yes, we do have teams of subject matter experts. We have some very unique tools that, again, simplify gathering all that information. Um, in a typical model, I mean, we're building the executive summaries that our customers are taking to their C-level. So that's a whole mm -hmm. other step that we're doing. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we, we put project management resources to make sure that whatever decision was made and solution was sold and vendor was chosen, that uh, yes, in fact, that that solution does deploy and install. And then, yeah, um, you know, the, 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 the vendors compensating us actually typically in, in almost 95% of the time, it's we're getting paid out of a customer paying their monthly bill, their as a service yeah. type of order. And so the, the benefit there is that it incentivizes us to stay involved. So if the customer ever has a problem, we want to be there to be an extra escalation point uh, to make sure that it stays working and that they're paying their bill. And that's how we stay in business. Yep, absolutely. And to that end, you know, I think you described it incredibly well, this metaphor with kayak, for instance, and other metaphors are available too. But that, that one in particular, I think serves, you know, describes the model really well. And at your core, you really, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast, Nick, is TechGopher, even though you think of it as a resource provider or a resource clearinghouse or a kayak of technology or whatever um, a moniker you want to use, at your core, you're a consulting firm. At your core, you're, you're you're learning about the client that comes to you. You're helping them identify what their key challenges and needs are, and then you're providing the solution. And in 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 some in most cases, helping them actually implement that solution, and then staying with them over time to make Correct. sure it's still the right solution, still effective for them. So yeah, you know, and I would say over the past little bit or past few years, that's been the biggest shift. Is you know, a lot of people feel like. And I, and I would argue that they're incorrect, but, you know, typically we come from, or we, we came from telecom, which is voice and data. Yeah. And people think that that's a commodity. It is until it doesn't work. <laughs> and then <laughs> right. when your business is down, you got problems, right? Yeah. Um, but now with the way that we've, you know, again, the, the process that we've built goes across all the different technologies, the portfolio that we now manage and maintain is so large. We're really getting out of transactional type business. And in fact, of course, we can go get quotes for things like internet and simplify someone's life. But the right. bigger value that we're really trying to bring to the table is actually it's it's as simple as getting the IT person that is used to being the guy that plugs stuff in to really start thinking bigger picture, to improve as an IT leader. Because when they can have bigger picture conversations with their C-level, now they're not a, a cost center. They're mm -hmm. not the guy that just keeps the computers working. And that's, you know, really an exciting transition that what we're seeing is, is, you know, not only are we, not only are we really helping our customers be more successful and, and be better at their own job and, you know, get, 
what's the best way to put it? That their their customer, which is in my opinion, it really is the C level and it is their um, you know board of directors. It could be yeah. that they're looking at them differently. Um, we actually end up making more revenue because we're helping them with more projects because we've started off creating that technology roadmap. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So you're finding out what the real uh, challenges, objectives, needs, desires are of the organization first, and then helping the IT individual um, play his or her role in terms of fulfilling the organizational vision through these technology resources, as opposed to, and that's really a transformational result, as opposed to this transactional result, oh, we need we need a new internet provider, we need a new contact center provider, we need a new whatever, and just saying, oh, well, here are three options, this is the cheapest, da, 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 let's put one in. It's, it's not, again, it's not, it's not quoting and, and plug and play, it is truly a strategic conversation. Um, and then only when you know specifically what, you're going after, do you go out and find the options and then bring them back and then measure them, not necessarily just against price, of course, but measure them against their capability, their ability to achieve the goal that was stated in the first place. You, you said it better than I probably would. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think the, I think the model is really, really impactful because, you know, I come from, um, you know, my previous company, as you know, was in the insurance space Mm -hmm. and insurance is, across the board, one of the most, not certainly not, <laughs> we don't, we don't own this uh, exclusively, but we are a very, it is a very commoditized industry. And sure, so constantly we're trying to f- help our advisors, our consultants find ways to differentiate themselves in the eyes of the organization. And it's one thing to have the message, but it's another thing to have the business model that, that is, you know, you can always use better words. You can always have a stronger message. But if the model isn't truly differentiated, if the process isn't truly differentiated, then the result is going to be a commoditized type of result. And what you what you have done and what you and your team have done at TechOfer is truly change the process. It, I, I wrote down what you were saying before, right? Helping IT leaders be better and be more strategic so that they're not just finding a, you know, identifying a tech need and plugging in a, a, a product. You all are facilitating um, a lot of the logistics and transactional and tactical work, but you're beginning yeah. at that strategic level and having that conversation first. Yeah, because, you know, again, don't get me wrong, we started off with, you know, hey, we represent all telco providers and we can go get all the quotes, right? Sure, yeah. And, and you know, we've just over the years, you know, what, what, what I found, especially when you start talking about more complicated things like infrastructure and certainly security, there becomes this immediate fire. And this is this is not typical of all IT directors or CIOs or CTOs, but it's, well, we have this problem and this is the project that I need to get done. Okay, so yeah. we, we, we kind of solve that. Now what's the next five, right? And so that's what we're, that's a, it's a real simplistic way, but in IT, that's a word that they use a lot is we're trying to help them take a step back, say, yes, we know that there's a fire, there's a problem, but right. let's look at this strategically. Let's look at yeah. this holistically. And um, when we do that, and when more importantly, our you know our end client is is open to talking with us that way, that's where things really do well for them. It go the projects are going well. They've now got a roadmap. They can communicate that to their C level. So it's again, it's it's a transition, and you know, not to super toot our own horn, but that's why we've won five global consulting awards. Yeah. Is you know, taking that extra step and and really following the process that we put together, um, 
and it works. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's replicatable, right? It works time and time and time again for really any size scope uh, organization who, who is looking for the types of solutions you guys can bring to bear, which is any virtually anything and everything technology. Um, it's a, we, yep. we cover a lot of ground for sure. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, so that actually brings me into process. And I'm glad you mentioned the awards that you all have won because, um, again, those awards are obviously because you've had impact for your clients, but the impact from your clients is, is due to the process, the nature of, of how you, not just what you do, but right. how you do what you do. Yep. And this is the note I, I want, you know, everybody watching or listening to this to, to take, to take with them when they leave is, you know, what we do as consultants, whether regardless of what industry you're in or who you're serving, what we do as consultants is often, is often what is commoditized. Right. What is differentiated is number one, of course, are you getting meaningful results for your clients? That that can be a differentiator. But the core part is not what we do, it's how we do it. And so this is where I wanted to dive a little bit deeper. We've talked, you know, you've already hit on some of these key things, but let's uh, kind of walk us through the process of when someone finds out about Tech Gopher, they have a need or challenge, whether it's a fire or not. They come to TechGopher and they have, um, you know, they, they book a meeting, they have a conversation with you or one of your team. Kind of walk us through what that process looks like, because I think so often a classic or a transactional consultant in the tech space would simply say, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And OK, I'll go get, you know, I have relationships. I'll get you the best quotes I can. And you can choose you can choose the cheapest yep. one. Uh, and, and that's it. And that's what it was in insurance as well. But your all's process is completely different. Um, it's it's not turned on its head, but it is completely different to create better results. Kind of walk us through that. If you yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you, you mentioned, if we'll call it, our competition is, is other consultants. And so what I would actually say is there's a couple of ways that a customer that decides or that they've been handed a project and let's just use a phone system. Okay. They could go call, they could go online and go to Google and type in top phone system vendors and Google's going to spit out some results ultimately. Right. What I would say there is that you're going to get the ones that are paying the most for the SEO and those could be some big companies, but that doesn't necessarily mean that any of them are the right fit for what you're looking for. Right. So that's a difficult starting point, especially if you're, let's say that you're an expert at networking, but you don't know much about phones. That's, you can go there. There's obviously a lot online that you can go read and question, you know, learn a lot, but is that really the most valuable use of your time? Um, And then, you know, specifically with other consultants, there's a lot of, we'll call it our competition where they're one man shops. They have a singular expertise. And I, I, we were that business a few years ago, Mm -hmm. Um, but what we've, there's a couple of reasons that we're different. One, we've simplified the gathering of the information. So much like kayak, if you were to go to Kayak, you type in where you want to go and when, it spits out results. Now, on our side, because these projects are a little bit more complex, yeah. we've still done the due diligence. And, and we've done some of these on our own. We have partnerships that have helped us with this, where we have online questionnaires. So a customer can simply go to our website. They can fill out a questionnaire that it, it's going to take you five to 10 minutes, depending on the project. But once we have that scope of work, we've effectively alleviated all of the questions, let's, let's say 80% of the time scoping it out that any salesperson would have. So we have all that information. We're then having a subject matter expert look it over. And by subject matter expert, I mean, 
people that have either, you know, they, they may have been CIOs, they might have been in IT decision-making roles, they've been trained on all the vendors that offer said solution, and they know who, what vendors can do, what, when, when, and why. And then they're, you know, effectively working with us on, okay, here's what the customer's environment looks like, here's the scope. And then we're able to, in addition to that, we have some very unique tools uh, based upon some different distributor relationships we have. We can literally take your criteria and in a few clicks, we can nail down exactly what vendors do and don't meet it. Mm-hmm. So all that being said, that's a lot of background work once we have the scope of work, which of course we're happy to engage our subject matter expert to have the scoping call versus just the questionnaire. But from all of that, we're able to quickly provide an executive summary of the marketplace, of the vendors that you should be entertaining at the end of the day. Um, Versus again, if we look at the alternatives, just because some guy can go get you multiple quotes. (laughs) Yeah. That's tough. I mean, that, that, that's not covering as much ground and it's certainly not the level of due diligence I've just explained. And that is tremendously different than trying to reach out to five vendors directly and having conversations with their salespeople. Right. Right. Absolutely. So the, yeah, the time, yeah, the, just, just the time savings, if you talk about the efficiency of your model, right, just the time savings alone makes it worthy. But when you add on this, and this is really interesting to me, and it was from the very beginning when we first started talking, you've got these gurus, these subject matter experts in all these different technical areas that you make available. They're, They're consultants in and of themselves in a way. In yep. their world of expertise, and you make them available to your uh, to your clients yep. uh, again at no cost, right? They're sure. they're helping frame this. Uh, they're helping frame the challenge and the problem. They're helping you know get to the core of what is the real solution that needs to be implemented, and yep. then they can give their own expertise and guidance in terms of okay, based on this, you know, the vendors you would Google would be these three, but right. these three are the really the ones that you need to focus on because of your unique fact situation. Yep. Um, and you're bringing all that to bear uh, in terms of tremendous value to an organization that otherwise, like you said, they would have to do all of that due diligence on their own. And, and a given IT professional, a given IT executive isn't going to have the scope or the depth of knowledge that, that your holistic team does, that all right. these subject matter experts have. Yeah. Yep. No, you're you're extremely right. I just got there. I feel like fairly quickly, <laughs> or quicker, with regards to my competition. That you know, coming from the telecom space, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's only a piece of the pie. And at yeah. the end of the day, if what, how much value am I bringing if I can only talk about one of the twenty things that this CIO IT director really has to manage? And I can tell you right now, um, a lot of the contacts on our projects that we're working. There is complexities around everything from the contact center solution, how that integrates with the CRM, yeah. uh, the chat and omni-channel stuff that they're using, how that plugs in the ERP. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. And so when, you know, just going back to the, the various models, a sales guy, and I don't mean this in a bad way because they're just doing their job, but sure. like, they're not likely doing all the due diligence and asking all those holistic things. They want to just really try to identify that they can meet some of your requirements and, make and get you to sign so that it's hitting their quote. Right? That's right. Um, exactly. And, you know, again, like just, especially in a lot of those projects, which we've had a lot of, of late, um, there's a lot of different moving parts, a lot of different vendors. And so, um, you know, I mean, we talked with a company that has 5,000 agents 
that they didn't even have something as simple as call recording. And they wanted to bolt that on to the other eight different things that they had. And that was, that was what they engaged us on. And so we yeah. needed to take a step back of, wait a minute, Let's like, look at this. call the recording's thing. pretty available across the board here. What are, why do we have these nine or so different things? So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we're adding vendors all the time. Um, and so we get to see a lot of really interesting and unique solutions that you're not going to find on Google and put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you just you just said something a second, uh, just just a moment ago that I want to go into. When you have that initial, we kind of talked through the whole process, and that was fantastic. But um, in terms of that initial conversation that you have with that IT manager or, or that CTO or CIO, whoever it is, you are beginning your conversation with that individual, not not transactionally, not just by asking them what's the biggest problem, but you're asking a series of, of what I think you referred to as why questions. Can you sort of describe what that is and, and how that how that works in terms of that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, there has to be some type of reason that they're engaging. It could be any of the different technologies. But that's a big part of our process is really identifying, you know, simple things like what is their vision for the IT department? Mm-hmm. Is their vision of the IT department, is their C-level on board with it? Do they understand what it is? Um, is their vision aligned with what the CEO's vision is? Um, and just to kind of rule, you know, take that further. And there's some other questions, but, mm-hmm. you know, once we've dug in to that, well, you know, it kind of ends up getting to, they may not really understand what the business related outcomes of their C-level are. So when they're getting handed down projects, well, we need a new phone system. Oh, we need more security. We need more of this. If they don't understand, well, why is why am I getting this project? Is it the CEO is now super scared or the, the CFO and CEO are scared of us getting hacked? And so now they've tasked me with getting cybersecurity. So it's a fear right. play, right? right? It could be, well, we need something new because we, we need to save money. It could be that we need more efficiencies for employees. So again, once we understand some of that, you know, internal ongoings, which again, when the folks that we work with share a lot, well, that's where when we're putting together the executive summaries and we're talking about the nuances and differences between the solutions and why they are a good fit, Mm -hmm. it helps us create executive summaries that it's not, here's the details and here's the price. It's remember how we wanted this particular business outcome. Well, Here's how it's going to save us money. And in fact, we can take it to levels of it's going to increase employee efficiency by this much, or it's going to lower our existing costs by this per user per month. So, you know, without doing all that due diligence, I feel like, you know, you're just having a conversation, trying to qualify somebody and then throwing pricing and a a solution at the table when you don't know. Right, right, right. And and the other piece to it is, too, that you've mentioned to me um, uh, just in our last conversation. Mm -hmm. If that if that IT manager, that IT director, whether they have a seat at the at the C level conference table or not, you all can actually help them craft the business case. I think was your word. Correct. Can actually help them craft the business case. So if they if the IT person knows that there is a need, but they've got to sell it to the C suite, if it's not something that's being handed down, but rather going up as opposed to down, they've got to be able to sell that to yep. the C level. And obviously, 
by asking these questions and understanding what the real need is and, and where it's coming from, you're actually empowering that IT individual, that IT leader to make the, the business case to the, to the C-suite yeah. as well. Um, the other word you just used a second ago, uh, I wrote it down, is alignment. So the nature of your model, and, and the reason I'm spending time on this, and I hope the listeners and viewers get this, the reason I'm spending time kind of interrogating you about your model and dis- dissecting it is because I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities in the expert thought leader consulting business strategist space to, to um, adopt and adapt elements of what you've got. Because if you think about you all in the tech space as tech consultants, and you're bringing all these solution providers, uh, you know, you're making all these solution providers available, but you're, you're acting truly as a consultant and a facilitator. There's no reason that another consultant in another space couldn't adopt and adapt the same type of, of methodology. They themselves could have different types of resources or experts or vendors, to use the word, solution providers available, and they could act as a facilitator and a consultant to help their organization solve problems, not in the tech space, but in the management space or in the strategic planning space or in the human resources space or whatever it may be. So for those of you who are listening to this, I want you to, you know, let your mind be a little bit creative here and open to this idea that, you know, Nick has created a business model where he's able to provide very high level um, and very robust consulting services and solutions at no cost <laughs> for his clients. And he's solving very significant problems at the same time. Um, so this gets back to alignment. Um, the first time you shared with me your business model, I think my head sort of just exploded because <laughs> I think I think the nature of the model is incredibly powerful because of this, because of this alignment. You have a vested interest in making sure that the organization, your client, that your client gets the absolute best solution um, and that the implementation of that solution is optimized and that they stay with that solution or they get another solution that they need if that's not the right one for them. Um, all that to say, your your success um, emotionally, ment- <laughs> mentally, and financially Very much. is driven by the success that your clients have. Uh, kind of speak to that, maybe just speak to that philosophy and how maybe how have your clients reacted to this idea oh. that you're going to be providing this level? Uh, it's one thing to get quotes, right? Right. It's another thing to provide the level of service that you're providing. What has been the response of your clients when you're providing this value and they're realizing, you know, that it's not costing them anything more because you're not jacking up the price, you know, that's the other note we should mention here, Nick, sure. is that the solutions you bring into the clients, those prices are not higher because you're involved. They're That's the correct. same or possibly lower than they could get on the retail market. So kind of speak to that concept of alignment, how your clients have reacted. Yeah. So, I mean, in going back to what I kind of said about the why I started uh, the business a long time ago was I didn't want to be in a position where I was forced. And if I was only working for a singular company that had a certain box of solutions, yeah. I could be trying to sell the wrong thing. Yeah, Just the, the, the correct solution just doesn't reside with that vendor that I work with. Yep. And that being said, I mean, 
that that type of alignment where I can do the right thing every time. That was how we started out of the out of the gate. And um, you know, what I would say is that, you know, as as we've progressed, as we, you know, I mean, we've evolved, as I kind of mentioned, we came from more transactional telecom related mm-hmm. projects. Now we're working on a lot more in-depth, more complex type projects. Um I think that the customers that we're, we're, we're using the process that we built, we're asking those upfront questions. We're really getting them to, you know, we're asking some of those why. So we understand where the business is trying to go, what their problems are today. Um, not only are we getting one project because we got to start somewhere, but they, after seeing that, they see that we're aligned. They see that the, pro, the, the process that we build is different. It's not just a sign up and now we're going to make money and we're gone. Like right. we're tracking contract end dates. We are back in touch with them. And, and I just selfishly, it is because we can go do more projects with them. Sure. And there is extra revenue there. But again, being that our process is completely agnostic and effectively the cost is paid for by the provider because, you know, just simply they're not paying us health insurance. They're not paying for marketing for us. It's when right. we bring them business, there's a margin that they're already comfortable with. Right. Um, you know, a lot of customers are seeing that we're completely aligned with their success. If they, yeah. and, and more importantly, it's why we put resources around the project management is because we, uh, candidly, I got to a point with some of the telco vendors that we deal with, their implementation teams were failing. And it, you know, I, I've learned to get people that are better at certain positions than I am. And so luckily we've, we found some, but, um, you know, a lot of, and, and I think that people, all walks of the consultants that would be listening to this. How many times, especially with technology companies, are you calling into a customer care department that it's outsourced? And that causes tons of frustration. And imagine that you've got a huge organization that's down because of this. That's where, again, I know I've gone a little bit off topic, but like us being in addition to help them escalate their problems throughout the entire contract, we're in alignment with their success. The other thing that I would say too is, you know, the longevity of the typical technology salesperson at any one vendor is less than a year. Right. So if you talk to Mark at XYZ firm uh, and you loved Mark, he's probably not going to be there next time you need to go back to them. Right. And if there becomes a problem now, Mm -hmm. it's up to you as a single customer, not as a potential entity that could bring this into this other organization, more business. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I will say, of course, and there does, does become a, a point where, both the customer and, and our organization, we both have to rely on the vendor to show up and do their job. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this has not happened often. In fact, I, I went back and did some due diligence. We have a 99% deployment rate when we're following our process. So when somebody's working with us and they're choosing a technology, 99% of the time it goes right. Wow. The few that we've had over the years that haven't, the vendors failed. And so ultimately, yeah. despite our escalation, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I have a lot of executive type relationships with a lot of these vendors. Right. Sometimes they're broken. I mean, they're like any other business uh, and, yeah. that, and that can happen. But we're right there to effectively help negotiate getting out of the contract. Um, you know, we've already done a lot of the due diligence on what the next best thing was. Right. So, um, and believe me when I say, and it's why we put all the resources up front to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. When it does, that's a failure so many different ways that it's just, we try to avoid it at all costs. Sure. It's now wasted the customer's time. It could have cost them outages, all that. The vendors have wasted a lot of resources. Our team's wasted a lot of resources. It's just, 
it's a complete waste. Yep. So again, you know, we're all <laughs> going back to just the alignment, which I know we've talked about a lot. That's why we've built the process that we've had. That's why we've, we're putting all those resources up front is because we are, our business fails immediately if we're not in alignment with our customer success. Yep. I wrote down, you know, revenue is only created if and when value is delivered. True. That that's is exactly it. correct. Yeah. And so if, if that's not, if that's not a textbook definition of a consultant having alignment with their client, I don't, I don't know what is. And so, yeah. you know, I think, I think that takeaway in and of itself, this, this concept of alignment, just asking yourself as a consultant, how can I create that type of, it may be a different, slightly different model, but how can I create that type of result um, and that type of alignment between you and your clients, I think is, is a very worthy question of asking. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to, you, you were talking about, you know, the alternative for most other, I, for IT decision makers is obviously they can Google it. They can go, they can go try to hunt down all the resources on their own. That's the traditional status quo approach. Right. Um, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. They don't know what they don't know. They're going right. to get the sales pitch every single time. Da, 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 da. Uh, they don't have access to the subject matter experts that like you provide, et cetera, et cetera. But the other thing, and you, you said this, um, but when a sales professional is talking to them, they're simply listening, right? That sales professional is just waiting, waiting for them to bring up the problem that they can solve so they can jump on that and say, oh, we do that. Boom, here, right. sign this contract. In other words, it's that hammer and nail uh, um, axiom, which is if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, everything looks like all the problems look like nails, Yeah, right? And yeah. that's the per- that's the perception that a salesperson, and like you said, there's no judgment, that's their job, right? But but that's that's where the model is broken and that's the enhancement that tech offers bring to the marketplace in that, you have a hammer, yes. You have three different types of hammers. You got yep. three different types of screwdrivers. You got every wrench yep. known to man. You've got crowbars. You've got you know pulleys and chains and levers, and yep. you've got all of the tools so that whatever the uh, problem Project combination requires. is, yep. you can you can fix it. Um, I, I made this note. Let's go ahead and go here just really quick, and then I want to circle back to uh, another element of of how you're building your business or the business development side of what you're doing. Sure. Um, it seems to me, and, and you and I have had this conversation about some of my clients and, and I continue to have my radar going. Um, and there's probably some introductions I frankly owe you, but it seems to me that consultants like myself or other business uh, consultants or strategic planning consultants, et cetera, you know, we uncover consistently, we uncover or at least hear about yeah. different technical or technology related problems within the scope of our client conversations or discussions. And usually Scott of the past would have just said, I'm sorry, it's that way. I, you know, I hope you find a better vendor. I hope you get the problem solved. Good <laughs> right. luck, right. right. Um, and that's the best I could do. Right. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that tech Gopher could be a fantastic um, organization for consultants like myself to refer different clients to, if there is a technical problem, do you guys, work with consulting partners in that way. I yeah, mean, we I, have, assume, I assume I can refer you business. This mm-hmm. yeah, so no, no. And I appreciate you bringing that up. So yeah. yes, we have, we originally, I did build up the business, a lot of it based upon referral partners. So it was, yeah. I do the telecom, they do the phones and, you know, just the convergence of technology has changed things. Um, 
I can tell you right now, we're adding, <laughs> uh, from a referral partner perspective, everything from sales consultants to contact center consultants, business, uh, you know, just overall business strategists and consultants, because there's nothing in the business that technology doesn't impact. That's that's 100% right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, not to go crazy down the rabbit hole, but, you know, I mentioned, you know, contact center and, and CRM. And, you know, I, I personally built a CRM to run our organization. So, I mean, I'm real adept at what they can and can't do. But, you know, we're also privy to a lot of other technologies like lead gen. And, you know, mm -hmm. like we recently talked with a company that I asked their CIO, I said, tell me about your sales organization and like, where do you buy your leads? How do you guys getting business? And I was able to bring a couple of things up that was going to increase their lead targeting um, as well as it was, it was automating multiple touch points that their salespeople were just banging out calls and calling on LinkedIn. Well, again, going back to how am I helping my customer, that CIO, really make waves and be the IT leader Right. If he's going to that CEO saying, hey, I've looked at our sales organization and I've looked at technology tools that can do, that can yeah. increase revenue, increase efficiency. Well, he's in a very different view now. So- um, Absolutely. But but yeah, I mean, as far as a referral partner, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about their business. We Again, we really do cover a lot of ground and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, open to being a resource where, where anybody needs help. No, that's awesome uh, and fantastic. Uh, before we wrap, I'll make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of Techco Great. for you and everything. Um, so we're on this topic of business development. You're talking about referral partners were originally a huge source, still a source of, of opportunities for you all. But I know uh, part of the work that we've been doing together is moving to going direct to organizations and to these IT decision makers. Describe a little bit about the business development strategies that you guys are putting in place now, you have in place that you're working through. Um, I know it's, you know, they're just getting started, but describe a little bit about what that makeup looks like and, and uh, you know, how it's going. I'll kind of take you through my adventure as far as the <laughs> creating our own marketing strategy and whatnot. So primarily our business was based upon referral partners and then customers referring and, and whatnot. Um, we just got to a point where, and it really, it, it's a financial thing is that when we're paying out the percentage that we paid on the referral partner side, the business can't scale as fast as I believe that it can. Yeah. And we're at a point where we can now spend some money on marketing, which, you know, you got to kind of test what, what's working and what's not. So we, we actually started off with, um, you know, we've hired some salespeople over the years that had minor success. Uh, we had an outbound call center out of the Philippines that was doing some outbound calling and marketing. They were getting us some appointments. Um, and then uh, I found out about, uh, well, actually, they approached me about doing some stuff on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. which then from there, we had a lot of success. But now, um, again, because I do meet a lot of different vendors that are doing all sorts of different things. Um, we have a new partnership with a company that has literally automated everything from LinkedIn messages to email to texting to ringless voicemail, all in a coordinated sequence that you were kind enough to help build. Um, and so all of that outreach is now automated on our side. Yeah. Um, and that additionally includes, that's for new level connections and targeted folks. But um, this particular vendor has the capability of sending and doing that for first level connections on LinkedIn. So um, just a lot of automated outreach is, is kind of the new thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
we're already, you know, we're already seeing some traffic. So it's, it's That's very, great. very good. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think, you know, the nature of how you have gone about structuring those campaigns and, and through the system that you're using, mm-hmm. uh, which is fantastic. And if anybody wants to find out about the system, talk to Nick, he can make the, uh, make the introduction. I should be fully transparent. Nick introduced me to this company <laughs> as well. And now I'm a client of this company. So um at any rate, no, it is a really powerful platform. And um, uh, I think it's fantastic how you've been able to, to do so much automation. And obviously, obviously, the scope of the campaigns, the messaging will evolve over time, sure. but it'll it'll refine just like all marketing. But the point yeah. is, is that it's there now and you can do so much. You can have so much, so much effectiveness with such efficiency, right? Yeah, As and, opposed and- to it being a heavy lift every time you want to try to reach out to a group of people. Correct. And and I'll also mention that what I found tremendously interesting is it automated the things we were already doing and it was a fifth of the price. Yeah. Yeah. So me sitting in my, I run a business seat, um, that was something I really needed to entertain. <laughs> that was very attractive. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, listen, we're coming up on time, but I want to, uh, I want to ask you, I think the favorite question I get to ask on these podcast interviews um, and, and you've had a really interesting career. Um, and then last time we talked, we talked about your trip around the world. So you can bring that up if you want. I think it's a really fascinating, great story. Um, so you can feel free to share that because I think it's so, so good. Um, but the, the related question is this in, in your, in your life, in your business career, top lessons learned, and it doesn't have to just be about business. It can be, but it can be personal lessons as well. I think, I think so, so often, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, I think just like everybody, but I think so often as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, as, as consultants, we get so focused on what we're doing um, and making sure we're refining and we're evolving and we're doing all the things we need to be doing that sometimes it's easy to lose sight of or forget temporarily at least um, about what we're learning along the way. Um, and, and we sometimes have to get so far removed from the lesson before we realized how impactful the lesson was. So looking back on your life and career, top, uh, top lessons learned, and then feel free to, to, to tell the story I'm referring to. So one of the first lessons I learned, and it took me a couple days (laughs) to get past it was that if you're going to go start your own business, it doesn't matter what happens, you're responsible for all of it. Yeah. Um, and what, what happened on my side, it was actually fairly straightforward. I um, I had talked with a customer. He was all gung-ho about signing up. And then I basically called him on the following Monday, like, hey, I'm waiting on your contract. And he said, oh, I, I actually just signed up with a direct rep at one of the companies. So he had me do all the work, all the diligence, and then still yeah. called the company and signed up. Yeah. And, you know, despite me discussing it with him and whatnot, he just, well, I've already made my decision. and So I'm kind of just sitting there. Well, that sucks. Right. And then uh, someone that has acted as a mentor, he's acted as a mentor to me in certain regards, kind of made the comment, well, that's your fault. And I'm like, how is that my fault that this guy did this? And what he goes, I don't think you understand you own the business now. So it doesn't matter that that's what happened. You need to think about how you could have avoided that. I could have driven over there on a Friday. I could have made sure that he, you know, signed it right then and there. Um, I could have, there's, there's a million different things I probably could have done, but at the end of the day, we didn't win the business because 
of that was my fault. Yeah. So that was a lesson that I learned just being on my own. But you know, that's now that's my mentality. So whether it's my employee makes an error or is a little bit too much on a provider, if I have internal people that are arguing, you know, these are all things that I got to step up and handle. And you know, that's why being a business owner, and we still run a, a fairly small organization with a lot of <laughs> relationships and vendors that we manage. Um, if you're not going to take that responsibility, it's very unlikely that you're going to be, you're going to just act as a victim all the time and you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Um, the other one that I would probably say, and, and this was something that I really didn't have is if you're going to own a business, go out of your way to find a really good group. Um, I'll throw out like if you qualify for a Vistage or an EO mm-hmm. or just some type of business owner networking group where you can openly talk about the things that you can't talk with other people about <laughs> because um, being a business owner can be lonely at times. You you can't, you could have a huge win and, and people take it as that you're bragging. It could be that you, you, you know, you, you almost didn't make payroll and you don't know who to share, like who to turn to. You can't talk to anybody. Um, and, and for me, I, I was lucky enough to have a couple of people recommend uh, EO, EO uh, mm-hmm. accelerator is what I was in. And, you know, I had employee challenges, just challenges. And I finally was like, wow, this is a place that I can share this. And uh, so if, again, if you're, even if you're a single consultant or, you know, you're, you're running a small team or just, find a network like that where, you know, it, it, I would recommend it's under NDA. You can really share a lot of stuff because that'll just, it'll, it'll let you, it'll take your weight off your shoulders. That's, that's a huge, um, both of those are are fantastic. I wrote down, you own the results uh, from the first one, regardless of what they are, how they happen. And then the second one, you know, finding that, finding that collaborative group, I think is uh, from, and I'm not in a formal one right now, um, but I do have different groups of people that we get together consistently and, and have the people I trust know, like can have those conversations with, and it has made a massive, massive difference. And then in the previous business, you know, we, we operated a mastermind group just like that for that yeah. purpose. And it was, it was huge. So I think that's a fantastic, fantastic insight. Yeah. Um, that's good. Uh, so you've got to, and, and this is just, uh, whether people want to hear it or not, I want to hear it again, tell, uh, share this story. So, so Nick has a lot of interesting life experiences, but one in particular, uh, that maybe led to the most important uh, part of your life. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was traveling a significant amount and I was great. I was racking up miles, um, in my upper twenties and I read an article in the America. U.S. Airways magazine about this around the world ticket. And so I read about it. You get a year to use it. You get 16 one-way flights. It's really flexible. And I just thought this would be the craziest thing you could ever attempt. So I decided then and there that if I was turning 30 and I wasn't on my way to being married, I didn't have kids. The only thing holding me back from doing that was was effectively work. I was going to go on that trip. So as uh, life would have it, I ended things with a relate or with a uh, I ended a relationship around my 30th birthday. I spent the next few months uh, planning the trip, and uh, three weeks before I was leaving for the trip, I met a girl who ended up uh, now becoming my wife, and she ended up meeting me three times along that trip. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry, 
two times. And then she actually ended up traveling with me for four months of the trip through Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand and whatnot. And um, now we've been married for coming up on six years. We've got a couple kids, uh, two and a half year old and uh, an eight month old as of today, actually. And uh, the, the, the trip in and of itself, which if any of you would like to have a beer in here more, uh, it was uh, 30 countries, 63 flights. That's pretty outstanding. Yeah. No, I, I love that story. And that I think, you know, there's a lesson in and of in and of uh, that story itself, which is, you know, um, make promises to yourself and then yeah. and then keep them. Right. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, the only other thing that I throw in there, just going back to kinds of life lessons, but that story I think yeah. is important is, you know, work is work is very important and what you should really love what you do. And if you don't figure out finding a job or, or starting a business that you do love, but always, always be looking at that work-life balance. Yeah. Uh, because I can, I, I mean, from my experience now, certainly with just kids and whatnot, like I'm so like, I mean, like I work from home, I get to take a break and go spend time with them all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you might've heard them in the background a little bit. Sometimes that jumps in, but uh, it's great. But no, I mean, I, 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 uh, I would highly recommend, you know, just anybody that's entertaining a business or just, if you're looking at and evaluating your life, just that work-life balance is the biggest thing that's going to make you happy. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely share that sentiment quality of Quality of business life, yes, but quality of life in general yeah. should be paramount. Um, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, business should support the life rather than your life supporting the business. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Uh, Nick, if someone wants to find out more about TechOfer, if they're interested in maybe being, a, you know, having people to introduce to you, becoming a referral partner, uh, if they want to buy you a beer and hear about the trip around <laughs> the world, uh, what's the best way for them to touch base with TechOfer or you? Absolutely. Uh, my email is nick at tech-gopher.gofer.com. Um, I don't know if I want to leave my cell phone per se, but uh, you have to leave your cell email phone is good. Uh, the the uh, www.techgopher.com, tech-gopher.com is our website. And uh, yeah, anybody that's interested would be more than happy to talk to you and, and learn about you, learn about your business and see how we uh, might mutually be able to work together. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I would encourage everybody to check out the Tech Gopher website again, T-E-C-H hyphen G-O-F-E-R dot com, um, because you'll learn, you know, you'll you'll see the model in action online, how it's all broken down and and um, see some su success stories there as well. So, uh, Nick, thank you so much for uh, being so generous with your time, sharing some fantastic notes and expertise. I have yet another page and a half from another conversation of ours. Always so, happens. I know we'll be uh, I know we'll be in touch soon, but be well until then. And thank you for the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of your hard work on on our projects. My pleasure. We'll keep it going. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching, for consulting with authority. This is Scott Cantrell wishing you the best of success. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete this short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high value clients. 
Until next time, make sure you are consulting with authority.